Welcome back to an episode of Touch Icing. Tony Pickenich, Eric Johnson, and making his triumphant return to the podcast, Tyler Dyes. Trish, how hey, you everybody. doing? I'm good. Since you have last been on the show, there is a new Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I know. It's exciting. Tampa Bay. And finish. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay is now the capital of the hockey world. The Stanley Cup will stay in Tampa. Probably for the shortest tenure in uh, NHL history to, since the NHL wants to hand out the Stanley Cup next June, which I don't <laughs> think is going to happen at all. Um, now, how does the day with the cup work? Because the offseason isn't a normal offseason length, and that's, you got to worry about question. coronavirus. Uh, so that's going to be annoying. The NHL requested that – or the Hall of Fame, whoever it was that requests the Stanley Cup stuff – that the cup stays in the Tampa Bay area. They do not want it traveling internationally or anything. Oh, um, that is so shitty. I know. It's a, it's, it's, it sucks to be this is the year you want that's it. That's awful. And you can't take it. Like, Kucherov can't take it back to Russia uh, and stuff like that. Because, like, there's a lot of players in the league now who remember going to the Stanley Cup parade in their hometown when they were kids because that player from somewhere yeah. around where they live won it and brought it back. Listen, it, it sucks, but at the end of the day, they still did win a Stanley Cup. So those players, I mean, it it, it sucks the circumstances. They're not going to be able to bring it home to where they were from, but you still got it, you know. Yeah. Some of those players are going to be very happy. Patrick Maroon is a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. With two That's different fucking teams. wild. Did you see him at the parade? At With the boat parade? On? No, not just with no shirt on. He pissed himself. <laughs> he pissed himself. I did not see Listen, that. No. That'll happen. All right. He was hammered. You're a Stanley Cup champion. You, he was you hammered. To... He I'm becomes... surprised Obi didn't piss himself. He might have. He was laying in a fountain at the Nationals game. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't yeah. have known. He becomes the third player in NHL history to win back-to-back Stanley Cups on different teams. Joining Corey Stillman and Claude Lemieux. Which is quite there's some company there. Claude Lemieux was a damn good player in his day. And there's an asterisk mm. with um, Corey Stillman because there was a lockout in between. In between, yeah. Now speaking of asterisks, there's some people who want to put an asterisk on this playoff, and they're wrong. The only way you could is it was harder for players. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. More back to backs. You had to live in a damn bubble to compete. You had to leave your families for 60 days. 63, no I think, was the final one. No fans. You don't have that atmosphere. Daily COVID testing. And the only Go ahead. argument I feel like people had for the playoff and like an asterisk or whatever is if a team had come in in the play-in round and then gone all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and won. Then it was like, well, you really shouldn't have been in the playoffs to begin with, and then you just got lucky. Yeah. You got hot at the right time and did this. But these two teams were very well seated. I'm pretty sure they were both number one in their divisions, right? Dallas was number three. No, neither was number one. Neither of them in, their, number, in, in the their division. They were both. Tampa, uh, Tampa was three coming out of the round robin because they could not score in the round robin. Yeah, round. I, I'm talking both about going into the bubble. No, Dallas was number three in the round robin. Yeah, Dallas was three. But what about coming into the bubble? Was uh, Dallas one in the central? 
Dallas was three in the Central because they were behind St. Louis and Colorado. Okay. No, Dallas number four coming in the bubble because they were behind Vegas too. Well, not, regardless, no, I'm they, talking about the Central Division. They were third in the Central. They couldn't have been third in the Central. They wouldn't have been in the round robin. Yeah. yeah. It was. T- it it wasn't. St. Louis was one. Colorado was two. Vegas was three, and Dallas was four. I thought it was the top two from each division made it into the round robin. Edmonton wasn't in the round robin. Then what? Oh, so it was the top four from each conference? Yep. Oh. All right. So regardless. Still, though. They were going to make the playoffs. Both teams were in positions where they would have been in the playoffs. That is crazy. So, you can't say that they didn't. You know, they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve to be there. They were there because they were supposed to be there. Even if it was a regular playoff, they were going to be there. So they won the Stanley Cup fair and square. EJ stat of the day for the second straight Stanley Cup final, we had the second seeded team in the Atlantic Division and the third seeded team in the Central Division. I mean, the Central Division's been. The Central Division's weird. It's, a, it's the weirdest division in hockey. It's also yeah. fun. I mean, when you're good in that division, you're good in recent years. And then there's teams that hang around mediocrity. There's never a team that's really bad. But there's a team that hangs around. Like Chicago was a weird team who hung around. Minnesota, a weird team who hung around. Nashville, another weird team that hung around. Winnipeg should have been better, but they ended up just hanging around. It's a weird division to be in. Wild are terrible. Because yeah, they're not terrible. They're not good. Here's the thing. I'd rather be terrible than the position Minnesota's in right now. <laughs> Minnesota's too good it's, or yeah. too bad to be in the Stanley Cup conversation and too good to get top draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally in hell. Because you can't go a certain way. <laughs> They're the place where Columbus was for like 10 years. They're the type of team who signs Matt Zuccarello but wants to trade Matt Dumba now. That's just the They're, Minnesota Wild. They, they really needed Lafreniere. They really needed him. They're not getting a first-line center for Matt Dumba, by the way. No, unless they find a GM that's Peter Shirelli-like. And he's not around right now. By the way, I saw the Canucks want Ekman Larson, and I saw Ekman Larson wants the Canucks. Yeah, Oliver Ekman Larson's short list is uh, the Boston Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks. Which means he was watching way too much of that 2011 Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and the fact that he already rejected uh, the opportunity to go to Calgary and Edmonton speaks volumes for what's going on in the province of Alberta. The Edmonton Oilers are a team that you look at their roster and they should attract anybody to come there and play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but they can't get over the fact it's Edmonton. Another, uh, another bit of Vancouver news. Apparently, uh, Jim Benning's asking price is a first-round pick for Jake Bertanen. And he's not going to get it. He's not getting that. <laughs> he's no. And he tried to also test uh, – he gave Louis Erickson's agent permission to go and look for a deal. Nothing. No interest in Louis Erickson. So, apparently, there's going to be no Besser 
involved in a potential Ekman Larson trade. Which I find hard to believe. Which makes me think Vertanen's gone. Yeah. And it's probably a first. How willing they don't have their first this year. Next year. Next year. How willing is Arizona just to get rid of their best player? Very. And Ekman Larson's yeah. willing to take a massive cut for what I've heard to be in Vancouver. I don't Jim Benning's gonna have so many problems on his head if this Oliver Ekman Larson trade goes through because I'm I am convinced that man does not know how the salary cap works. Okay, so they're running into problems. Let's let's say Ekman Larson goes to Vancouver. Let's say Holpe signs the four mil that we talked about the other day on too many men. Yeah. So your team becomes your which, free or which, your off season. Which four mil? I, I, again, don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, hypotheticals. So your off season then becomes you're losing Tanev, Markstrom, and like you're probably trading for Tannen. Yep. Breckman Larson and maybe some other prospect pieces. Pool Levy, I think, is gone. And then you're getting back Ekman Larson, mm-hmm. Holtby, and you're re-signed to Foley. That is a damn good offseason. Well, what are you re-signing to Foley for? I heard it's going to be somewhere between four years, 20 mil. So five mil a year, we, you start running the cap problems if you want to add Holtby to that equation as well. It's, well. They have, they have $14 million in cap space. Apparently. OEL has a cap hit of 8.2. Apparently, there's going to be salary retention. There has to be. That's what I've heard. And then you got to resign to Foley, and you want to either going to lose Markstrom or uh, resign him at a very at a lower rate that I think he's willing to take. Um, and then that's not even the biggest issue in my mind, because after this season, you have to after this upcoming season, you have to pay Elias Pettersson ten mil a year. And Quinn Hughes. Eight million. Oh, that's going to be a lot of money. And granted, Alex Edler does come off the books. So does Jordy Ben. Uh, I could see Vancouver. Sven Barchi uh, ben- comes off. I could see Benning giving sweeteners to Seattle to take a bad contract. Like a Tyler Myers? Like Tyler Myers, yes. <laughs> like a six million a year Tyler Myers? Or Louie Erickson. And then... Also, after this upcoming season, you have to pay Thatcher Demko, which is not going to be an insane contract. It's going to be some kind of prove-it deal. But I, I don't – Sam Darnold just ran 46 yards for a touchdown. What? Yeah. He avoided like what? three tackles too. I don't understand how. And Jake just said looking like Lamar out there. Yeah. I, this is a hockey podcast, <laughs> but when that comes up, you, it needs to be Sam said. Darnold Sam really Darnold. wants Adam Gase to stay. Apparently, we're talking about two organizations here. I mean, you got to get Louis Erickson off the books if you're Vancouver. That's the biggie, yeah. I could see Vancouver being in a win-now mode. Just saying, fuck it to the future. Just let me get all the pieces I need for next year, and we'll just take it step by year by year, and we'll pick up who we can get and get rid of who we need to. So what, like a Pittsburgh type of mentality? Yeah. Just let's fucking win next year. We'll worry about everything else after that. They're not interested in making a dynasty. They're interested in winning a cup. 
because they have a core. I, I know what they have, but the moves they're making seems like they don't give a fuck about their core. They just want to get win now. Like, let's just win a cup. Is Brock Besser going to be an odd man out in this equation when it's all said and done? I personally think he is. He may be. Which sucks because he is such a good player. Uh, it sucks for Vancouver, but... Whoever gets him. It's going to be great for them. Unless it's like <laughs> Minnesota because then his career's over because he's in Minnesota. It happens to the oh, best of players. That's, that's really uh, any bad team. Zach Parise. But his career was over before that. I mean, listen, he went to a Stanley Cup and then left. And then what well, should we talk about uh, Dubnik? San Jose Sharks, right? Interested in Devin Dubnik? And Donato. Yeah. The Sharks are another one of these teams. What no, are you the doing? The Sharks were bad last year. Yeah, they, they were the, the, the third worst team in hockey? Fourth worst? Yeah, they were not and good. They traded their first-round pick for Eric Carlson, thinking they'd be a cup contender. You know who they need? Like a Joe Pavelski. I wonder where they can get one of them. (laughs) I mean, it's – is Eric Carlson going to come back and be what he was before? I'm willing to say most likely not. He was a great player. He could regain that form. But I'm going to say most likely not. And when you're given the money you're giving to Mark Edward Vlasic, your 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 team's having some problems. I, yeah, that's the contract they need to move. Yeah, they do. But the no movement clause makes it tough to move. Yeah, he has he he's a free agent after the twenty five twenty six season at seven mil a year. I don't know, and they're talking about teams that have to get to the cap floor and willing to take bad contracts. I don't know if anybody's willing to take that just because of how long the contract is. And how poor he's been. Yeah, I... How old is he? He's 33. Why does he have such a long contract? San Jose. Whose idea was that? How long are they paying him till? San Jose until 25-26. So you're going to pay him until he's 38? 38-39. That's ridiculous. Who, and, whose idea was that? I, and, then, and then they have three defensemen whose contracts are $7 million or more under contract until 24-25. They have Mark Edward Vlasic, Brett Burns, and Eric Carlson. And this is what's going to cost Doug Wilson his job. Yeah, it should at least. It's just Eric Carlson's making 11 and a half, and he's 30. All right? And, I, and he's making 11 and a half until at least the 26-27 season. He's going to the end of the board on cap friendly. Him and Logan Couture are both to the end of the board. It, it's just – it's there's some very bad contracts in San Jose, and you would have see. To... But the question is, are any of those uh, friendly contracts in that they they were front uh, loaded? Mm-mm. No. Eleven and a half cap hit till the end of the contract. Coacher eight million dollar cap hit to the end of the contract. Evander Kane seven million dollar contract of twenty four twenty five. 
Brett Burns, $8 million contract till 24-25. Brett Burns is 35 right now. Mark Edward Vlasic, $7 million contract till 25-26. Martin Jones, also underperforming goaltender, making 5-7-5 until 23-24. I was just going to say Martin Jones is definitely not a uh, a good one. And you would look at this and go, how does a team get cheap talent? And you would say, through their first-round draft picks. Wait a minute. Ottawa owns their draft pick. Oh, when was the last time San Jose had a first round draft pick? Well, they have one this year. They have Tampa Bay's. But <laughs> a lot of good that does for it's you. It's thirty one. Yeah. Not the five they should have if they didn't just yep. give it to Ottawa. Well, hey, you gotta remember they thought they were gonna have the thirty first uh, overall. Yeah, they did. They, were like, they, they huh. went to the Western Conference Final last year. I know. It's just, it's so bad. How much is uh, Thornton getting paid? Thornton's a free agent. Free agent. He's just on one-year deals. Yeah. Oh, is he resigning? Which, at 41 years old, of course, don't he's know. just on, four year, on one-year deals. He wanted to be traded. He should leave and find a team that he can win the cup with. That's what he wanted to do. That he wanted San Jose to trade him. And Doug Wilson wouldn't allow him to get traded. For some reason, he wouldn't even just recoup assets for a player that can walk. Now Why? He, I Now he's probably going to resign, too. Why would he resign? He doesn't want to uproot all this shit. That seems like a low he price wanted to, to be, pay. If you can didn't he want to be traded to Dallas? You want to be traded to Dallas and Tampa. The man knows how to pick them. And yeah. their GM wouldn't accommodate. One of the greatest players in San Jose Sharks history. Wouldn't That's give it to him. I feel so bad for Joe Thornton, but at the end of the day, he did it to himself resigning there. He should leave this year, not resign. Kyle bet $5 on Sam Darnold to score the first touchdown tonight. At plus 2,500? Wow. How much did he get? He said he won 135. God. Do you see what John said? No. We, this we're is doing the first this, time the Jets have had a lead all year. We're doing this podcast with perhaps the worst game in football history going on in the background of it. That's fine. We had Bengals Dolphins last year, Tony. I understand. How are the Broncos doing? Uh, they're moving the ball. Of course, there. It's the Jets. Go. All right, we got the NHL draft coming up Tuesday, uh, and a lot That's of that's going to be right live for, on, uh, on on Too Many Men. Yeah, Too Many Men's yep. doing it. We're going to be doing it live. It's going to uh, be fun. To be there. So, there's a lot of talk surrounding the top goaltending prospect in this draft, Yaroslav Askarov. And the latest rumor today is that uh, Eugene Melnick wants him at five. Thank God. Which, as a Devils fan, take him. Take the decision out of New Jersey's hand. But at five? That's ridiculous. That's over Sanderson. That's over Perfetti. That's over Melnick. Drysdale. Melnick. What a guy. He is it's a so hero Ottawa. this league needs. Yes. And they're going to get one of – they're, they're going to get a good pick at three. They're going to get either uh, 
Stutzel or Byfield. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be Byfield personally. What if, what if he just said F it and took uh, Askarov at three? <laughs> just waste, <laughs> just yeah. waste the pick. Yeah. To have Stutzel go at four or Byfield go at four. To Detroit, yeah. To Detroit. Detroit would Detroit probably would, like love De- that. De- Detroit would probably panic and take like Drysdale or something, <laughs> and then Ottawa wouldn't take him at five, and he'd get to six at Anaheim, <laughs> just because of Ottawa and Detroit. I, I can't wait for the draft, man. Yeah, I, I can't wait for free agency. It's man, such too, a fun time. Next week's episodes of Too Many Men are going to be so good. And touch icing, man. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. I'm surprised there haven't been a lot of moves in the NHL. I feel like it's the type of thing where when one goes, they'll really start to go, you know? I also know yeah, but no one's done it yet. I also think there's not going to be as much movement as you've seen. It's tough with the salary cap position. And I don't know if you guys heard, uh, but there's a pandemic going on. Yeah, I, I actually – Yeah, that really shouldn't that. affect how trades happen, though. Well, it's going to affect free agency. Free agency, sure. But I'm not talking about free agency. I'm talking about movements of – Yeah, trades. Mark Bergevin, the number 16 pick, is up for grabs. Yeah, they want a top six forward. (laughs) So do the Devils. Apparently, they're willing to give up – Either 18 or 20. Yep. This this whole thing, man. I love I love the NHL draft. I love trades made on draft day. I think you're gonna see a good amount of trades made on day two, rounds two through seven. A lot of like you know the little stuff, but I think you'll see one or two bigger trades for second and third round picks for these teams that are cap strapped. A team like Tampa, uh, who has to make moves to if they want to retain Sergachev. Uh, those type of teams. I think if your name isn't Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, Vasilevsky, I think you're available. Yeah. Wait, are you telling me Luke Shen is available? I think Luke Shen is, in fact, available. Uh, Alex Kalorn, I think, is a very good option to be traded. Sorelli. Sorelli, Yanni Gord. Uh, oh, Braden, Braden Point is also untouchable. He's not moving. Yeah. Um, he was ridiculous in the playoffs this year. McDonough, possibly. McDonough's tough, though, with that contract. Yeah, it really is. Sergachev is just they, – they need to retain Sergachev, and they need to pull out all the stops to do so if it, if it goes that far. You know, there are teams that are not at the salary cap floor that need to jump on opportunities like this. Because this is where they can make, you know, ground on teams above them. Because usually teams not at the salary cap floor are the ones that aren't competing, you know, your Detroits. But this is how you get back. This is how you speed up your rebuild a little bit and acquire some very good players who aren't that old. Who might have some kind of uh, contract control. Mm-hmm. Look for Detroit to be a very major player around uh, draft day. I think they're – I think Steve Eisman's just waiting. I think they're going to do exactly what they did with the Mark Stahl trade. Mark Stahl, how about that, eh? A Detroit Red Wing? Oh, yeah, Insane. We that, huh? Insane. And Henrik Lundqvist, not a New York Ranger anymore. 
a real changing of the guard in New York. It is insane to think that Mark Stahl and uh, Henrik Lundqvist won't be New York Rangers next year. Kudos to um, Jeff Gordon, though. He was able to move. Yeah, he did a good job. He's done a, he's done a good job since he's gotten to New York, really. Uh, he's made a lot of good moves, and he's obviously leading that franchise in the right direction. It's it's so weird to think of Henry Lundqvist in another uniform. Both yeah, Patrick but... Holmes and LeBron James have tweeted about Sam Darnold, saying that was the best one of the best runs they've ever seen. Lamar Jackson has entered the chat. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I don't have the game on. There is oh, an imposter among us. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, did you see that meme? I did. So good. <laughs> shout Anyone out who to doesn't S- know what I'm talking about. Shout out I'm to Steve Eiserman for okay, building yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning and dipping. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you know, Julian Breezebaugh. And it's like, okay, yeah. Breezebaugh made some moves, but Steve Eiserman built a, that team. He made a very good move in signing Shattenkirk. Yeah. And to be honest, which it was a no-brainer at at the contract. McElhaney wasn't bad either. No, for but, some insurance. You know, give some credit. Did you hear the story from Steve Eiserman about uh, how he drafted Braden Point? I saw that. Oh my God, is the funniest thing on the face there. So, uh, Steve Eiserman sitting at pick eighty with uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and his table is ten feet away. From Minnesota Wild general manager at the time, Chuck Fletcher, and his table, his crew. And they have the pick ahead of him. And he wants Braden Point. Eiserman does. And people at his table are like, you know, this is the type of player Minnesota would draft. So we should try and trade up for him. So Eiserman picks up the phone for a guy a table away from him, calls him and said, listen, I want to move up to your pick. I'll throw in this one and a seventh. And Chuck Fletcher didn't even answer on the phone, just looked at uh, Steve Eisman like, are you serious? And Steve Eisman just shrugged his shoulders, and Fletcher said, okay. <laughs> as long as you tell me who you're going to draft, he's like Braden Point. And now he's coming off an insane playoff and a Stanley Cup championship for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I mean, listen, good for them. That- that's, that's really why Tampa's successful, right? It's the late-round picks. Listen, if you know how to draft, knowing how to draft early is very important. You need to be able to make the picks of the no-brainer players, you know? But once you get late, that's where a scout's job is really done. Did you guys see that apparently the league is upset big time at Tampa because of all the posts that have leaked from the parties? Yeah. Yeah, they were were, uh, having random people drink out of the Stanley Cup. In the middle of a global pandemic. Which is, which is a big flex. Stanley is that what we're calling it? A flex? It's a power move. Or are we just calling it Florida? Uh, I don't know. I think this happens in Washington. I think this happens anywhere. Oh, I think this happens anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think You're, it matters. I, I, I think there might be only like one or two cities it doesn't happen. And it's like LA and San Jose. Maybe even Anaheim. Yeah. Nah, I think no. I think it happened in LA. I don't know. 
And like, I listen, oh. I was watching it and I completely forgot there was a pandemic. Which is how I think Florida has treated the pandemic. Oh, dropped the poker chip. That, that they, is exactly how Florida has treated the pandemic. That they've That's reopened everything. so many cases. They've reopened everything to a hundred percent. Do you see that? They since like did they? Yeah. Yeah. They did that last week. Since like June, oh, they've only had man. one day where uh, new daily cases are under a thousand people. <laughs> Florida. But I mean, listen, I'm gonna be real. If the Devils win the Stanley Cup, I'd be out there. Yep. So would I. There's two ways about that. Pandemic. Tony, we would have been at the game. We would have been like we would have found a way to Edmonton into that arena. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> like that Sox win. fan, that Red Sox fan, that broke into the stadium. <laughs> that was insane. I know. Like I said, I know hockey podcast, but did you see the guy at the Indians Yankee game that was getting banging on the, the drum? No, the guy that got arrested in the background. No. There were there was a guy that they were showing the drum, and in the background there was a cop escorting oh, like man. a lot of the arena in handcuffs. The guy with the drum, though, persistent, leaning the drum up against the fence, just banging on it the whole damn game. That is dedication to um, your terrible franchise. So, so I, again, we'll we'll get back to hockey, but I've been to Cleveland, and I they do the drum thing the whole game. By the way, yeah, um, the drum has its own season ticket seat. <laughs> really. The same guy has been doing it for like 50 years. Yeah, I heard that on ESPN. Yeah, the, the drum has its only seat. Yeah, that's insane. Is that the guy in the movie? No, it's not the guy in the movie. Are you sure it's not the guy in the movie? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm sure. Look it up. Go ahead. If he's had season tickets for 50, I'm not looking it up. I'm on my phone. You have to look it up. I know the guy's name. Let me look it up. Uh, there was one last thing I wanted to talk about. And I forget what it was. It was hockey related. This is a hockey podcast, at least. I can't wait for the draft. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Lafreniere is going to go one, but then after that, it, it, there are some questions with each pick. Now, I've seen mock drafts with Drysdale dropping like a rock. A uh, trick he was not in major league. Say, nah. I've seen mock drafts where Drysdale's dropping like a rock. Who he was widely believed to be the number one defenseman in this draft. Give and him now me I think at seven. Give what? him one. Give him to me Honestly, give, if he's there at seven, you have to take him if you're New Jersey. Who's uh, yeah. starving for defensemen? I think you even say the same thing about Anaheim at six if he's there. Yeah, but if Anaheim passes. Yeah, New Jersey has to take him. And if New Jersey doesn't, what are you going to do? Take a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for the draft. The draft is so much fun. Uh, Morgan said on SN that Auntie Ronta is more likely to be traded than Darcy Kemper because the crowded goalie market is depreciating Kemper's value. Uh, and what? What's it doing to Ronta's value? As the Arizona Coyotes could possibly be doing preliminary mm-hmm. explorations on Clayton Keller. That I saw, and that interests me because – in my eyes, if you trade Ekman Larson and Keller, you and still wanna re-sign Taylor Hall, you have no plan. You have no plan whatsoever. Is your plan to win later? No, you're trading a very good young player in Clayton Keller. Is but, your plan to win now? No, you're trading a very good defenseman in Oliver Ekman Larson. Arizona very clearly right now has no plan. They have no direction. They have no clue what they're doing. They're planning on folding. They're marching. They're marching toward relocation. It's also tough with the new general manager. I feel bad for that guy. 
it'd be really funny if the league just expanded and they're all excited about being at 32 teams and all this, and then Arizona just folds. You're not going to have a team fold. This isn't the 70s anymore. That They could just fold. They wouldn't, though. They could have folded once, and the NHL stepped in and bought the team, took control. Yeah. Does the, the NHL's NHL not going to let them? anybody fold. No, they sold them. Gonna NHL's not going to let a team fold. They were way more willing in the 70s and 80s and 60s and 50s and before that when teams folding wasn't that uh, rare of an occurrence. It's not going to happen now, though. Mark my words. It's, it's, Come back to this podcast. It's an insane thing what's going on in Arizona. They have no money. No one watches it out there. <laughs> I just don't. They did better when they were the Phoenix Coyotes. They must be so jealous of Vegas. Oh, yeah. Two teams in the desert fighting to stay alive. Well, one team fighting to stay alive, the other one thriving. (laughs) Uh, Eric, what's going on in that Jets game? I got my brother texting me frantically. Uh, Flacco's in. Let me just say that. Oh, cool. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode because Joe Flacco's into a football game. Okay, yeah, we're done. We're done. NHL draft on Tuesday. We'll be back for an episode of Touch Icing next Thursday. Follow along with us on the draft. We're going to be live tweeting the draft from Twitter. We might actually have a live stream to go along with it, so that could be fun uh, on we the Too Many Men page. So we'll see you next Thursday for an episode of Touch Icing, and enjoy Joe Flacco football if you possibly can. Remember, this is the Joe Flacco revenge game. It is. Congratulations to Tampa Bay Lightning, 2020 Stanley Cup champions. We'll see you next Thursday.